Welcome to Engage Arizona. I'm Kathy Herod. Today we are discussing the rights of children, not in a let the kids rule the house sort of way, but why it is vitally important for adults to put the basic needs of children before their own desires. My guest, Katie Faust, is the founder and leader of Them Before Us, a global movement defending a child's right to his or her mother and father. Or put another way, putting children before adult desires. Katie publishes, speaks, testifies widely on why marriage and families are matters of justice for children. Katie's a mom of four children, she's a pastor's wife, and she lives and thrives in one of the most liberal cities and states in the country. So thank you, Katie, for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Well, many of us have been focused on threats to parental rights and the need to protect parents' fundamental rights to oversee and direct the upbringing of their children. But you've been the one, in my view, to wake us up on the real need also to advocate for children's rights. So what do you mean by that? Well, that's, that's such a great opening um, because parental rights are under attack. Parents have a right to their own children. There is a very distinct relationship that you really cannot find anywhere else in the pantheon of human relationships between parent and child. And so parental rights and children's rights to their own parents um, there's some debate about whether or not you should even use that word because it may be too weak. It may be too weak of a word to use when it comes to your relationship with your own children. And so we have got to, first of all, understand the primacy of parental rights to their own children. Um, and I'm so grateful because it looks to me like there has been a, an awakening in this country to fight for parents' rights to direct their children's upbringing, to direct their education, to direct their medical care. And this is exactly right. It is exactly right for parents to have the final say on these kinds of questions. And not just the final say, but the primary say. Um, and that anybody else, doctors or schools or teachers uh, or whoever else, maybe exists, maybe serves us, but we don't need them at all, right? The children belong to us. But there's a flip side of this as well. And it is the other side of the natural law coin of parental rights to their children. We have a right to the children that we give birth to, and we have a right to the children after we go through the adoption process, if we've brought them in our home, to our adopted children. But there's a flip side of that as well, and that is that children have a right to their own parents. And when we look at things from the perspective of children's rights to their own mother and father, what happens is you gain incredible clarity about all questions around marriage and family. Suddenly, it's clear that if children have a right to their mother and father, that means that the definition of marriage is a matter of justice for children because only heterosexual marriage unites the two people to whom children have a natural right. And same-sex marriage will always exclude one adult to whom children have a natural right. Suddenly, things like third-party reproduction, where you use somebody else's sperm or egg or womb, is no longer about what the adults want or their longing or their suffering. And it's very clearly a matter of children's rights. It is always separating children from one or both parents to whom they have a natural right. And that's an injustice. It helps us see adoption clearly where nobody has a right to adopt. Children who have lost their parents have a right to be adopted. So we take this children's rights lens and we apply it to all questions of marriage and family. Um, and what we see is when we see things from the children's rights perspective, it perfectly reinforces parental rights. Well, and you've emphasized that the culture has shifted dramatically, but children haven't changed. That children still have yes, the same needs and desires, uh, 
but people aren't realizing that. That's right. And that's one reason why I think that we are having a measure of success uh, when it comes to changing hearts and changing laws, because we're not beginning from the same starting point as everyone else, which is what adults want, how they feel, how they identify. Um, We start with what about the child? Everything we do, every issue that we tackle, every question that we examine, whether it is questions of surrogacy or cohabitation or polygamy or open non-monogamy or same-sex parenting or whatever it is, we don't begin with, oh, but the adults are sad or they want something or they've um, struggled in some area. We begin with, what about the child? And if you begin with, what about the child, what you see is every adult, single, married, gay, straight, fertile, infertile, everybody needs to bend so that the rights of children are protected. So um, I tell people, give me enough time and I will make you angry too, because it's an unflinching message that is going to infringe on every adult at some point when it comes to what they want. Well, and I want to dig deeper into each of those areas. And I follow you on Twitter, of course, and I think I even get tweet notifications on what you've tweeted, but your pinned tweet really lays it out so clearly that children have a right to life, to their mother and father, to sexual innocence, no sex or gender ideology in school, to intact bodies, not chemically, surgically mutilated, their rights are being attacked, screw your social acceptance, start defending children. And I just, you know, say amen to that, but let's, let's go through each one. So first, the right to life, I assume the right to be born, is what you mean by that. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, like, it is... And actually, it's a perfect springboard for Christians and conservatives, because sometimes we get a little squeamish or we shy away from the term children's rights because it has been so misused and adulterated by the left. Um, But we have been waging an effective campaign for children's primary right for 50 years. And I actually think it's because we are standing unflinchingly on the rights of children to life that we've made incredible headway in the battle against abortion. So children have a right to life. It is their primary right. It is all of our primary right. You don't don't even bother with any of the other rights if you can't defend adults, humans, and children's fundamental right to life. So unflinching, uncompromising pro-lifers over here for sure. So next a right to their mother and father. So um, let's, you know, I, I think let's clarify for the audience why it's so important for children to have biological parents when possible. And of course, there are situations when it's impossible. We have great empathy for a, a death of a spouse, a single parent, but we've, we've heard so much what really doesn't matter, um, whether the child has the mom and a dad. But yet the social science data still shows us children do best with a married mom and a dad, correct? That's exactly right. And not a married mom and dad, their own married mom and dad. You know, I know his heroic step parents. I know that people in the audience are those heroic step parents or know them as well. And there are absolutely situations where you have an unrelated man or woman stepping in to fill the gap um, left by a negligent um, biological parent. So that's a hundred percent true. And yet it's not a married mom and dad. Children who are being raised by their mother and their stepfather fare about as well as children raised by their lone mother, which is to say, not as well, not nearly as well as children raised by their own biological mother and father. So there is an ideal 
When we look at children, when we understand who they are, we see that there is an unflinching ideal in terms of what they need. Um, the research tells us that biology advantages children in ways that simply loving their parent or intending to parent them um, cannot, can never um, advantage them. And that's because from the data, biological parents are more connected to, invested in, and protective of their kids. And we go through quite a bit of detail about that um, in our book, Then Before Us, Why We Need a Global Children's Rights Movement. Um, so it's, it's, it's really uncontestable in terms of what the children need. Um, biology also advantages children because children long to know who they are, right? They, they want to be able to answer the question, who am I? And it's very hard to answer that question if you don't know Whose am I? And so we see from populations like adoptees or children created through sperm and egg donation, they long to know the identity and very often have a relationship with both biological parents. Um, and that is something that only their own mother and father can give them. So you look at all the identity struggles that children are having today, and it's no wonder that family breakdown is leading to existential questions of who am I? And the culture is very happy to tell children who they are. Well, they're sexual minorities, right? Or they're, they, they are, they're, you know, the sum total of their racial characteristics. When the reality is a mother and father and an extended family are the best chance kids have at a truly holistic and grounded identity. And then biology matters because if children are raised by both biological parents, they get the perfect gender balance in their home 100% of the time. And mothers and fathers give children distinct and complementary benefits throughout every stage of development. So we spend quite a bit of time talking about the importance of biological relationships in the parent-child relationship because it is fundamentally a matter of incredible safety for children and the pathway for their thriving. Well, and it, it's also, it's marriage of the two biological parents, not cohabitation, that marriage both biological parents, it's still more advantageous for the child if the parents are married, correct? Oh, my goodness. This is exactly <laughs> right. So we spend, you know, I, I think that a lot of the headline grabbers today are, you know, gay male thruple is raising a baby or two lesbians are suing a sperm bank because they implanted the wrong embryo. But the reality is that by the numbers, cohabitation is a much greater threat to the rights and well-being of children than same-sex couples using, you know, all kinds of dystopic technologies to create children. Cohabitation is not marriage. Um, children who are raised by their cohabiting mother and father are about three times more likely to see their parents break up before the age of five. They're four times more likely to be abused and neglected. Um, this is not a formula that provides the stability or the connection that marriage gives to children. And so, um, you know, marriage is not just a piece of paper. It's not enough to just be married in your heart. Um, cohabitation is really a, a pathway of instability, very often followed by the breakup of the child's parents and then a rotating cast of characters as both mom and or dad um, bring other partners in and out of the child's life, um, you know, through until their adulthood. So children need stability. They don't just need you know, their mother and father in their life every now and then. They need the stability of their mother and father in their home every day, all day, all their life. Um, and marriage is the most successful formula that humanity has found to give it to them. So 
the whole area of human sexuality, whether uh, the sexual innocence, intact bodies, that what we see going on on so-called gender ideology or um, transitioning of children, what are you seeing on that front? Well, what we need to do is we need to see that, see, here's the thing. All of these culture war issues, um, they really boil down to, are you respecting or are you disregarding the rights of children? Children have a right to an unmedicalized body. Sometimes there is a tragic situation where they need to ex be exposed to medicines that may um, have a drastic impact on their bodies so that they can fight a cancer, for example, or they might need an amputation to fight off, um, you know, some kind of disability. I, you know, one, I know one sweet boy that had to lose his arm at about seven months because there was a situation where it needed to be amputated. Um, that is very, very different from purposefully chemically sterilizing or mutilating children. Children have a right to have an unmedicalized intact body um, and that has to be protected and defended by the only people in society that are strong enough to do it and understand the harm of forsaking that right. And that is adults. And so, you know, I don't want anybody to transition. I think that everybody should love the body that they're in and genuinely accept who they are. But if you're talking about being involved in a child sterilizing themselves or encouraging them to surgically mutilate themselves, we are about, it is horrific. It goes against the fundamental rights of children. And all of us need to start to stand up and say, not on my watch. It is a gross violation of children's fundamental rights. Well, and it's, a, a, it's child abuse. I mean, that's what, it, it's no it's other way to describe it. It's child abuse. Well, so let's talk about that's public. That's exactly right. Let's talk about public policy because you've also written how every public policy that's being pushed today, I mean, you can go to the COVID policies, the so-called transgenderism, all of that, that all of it hurts children, disproportionately hurts children. Mm -hmm. So what kind of action yes. steps do you, for the listener, do you recommend? What, what do people need to be doing, certainly to educate themselves about it? You've got your website, but, but what do you tell parents? What do you tell listeners? What do we need to be doing? Well, the first thing that we need to do is recognize that when you get these questions wrong, very real children are victimized. And I think we understand that clearly um, when it comes to questions of abortion and unplanned pregnancy. We can have absolute empathy for adults that are caught in a situation where they have a scary diagnosis or um, they were not planning to get pregnant after the hookup or when they were cohabiting or whatever it is. Um, we have to recognize that we have to create a firewall of protection around children and say, whatever you're experiencing adults, we will not allow you to be to victimize children just because of you you have feelings whether that's fear or joy or longing or loss or whatever it is and we need to see children as the primary victims when we get these questions wrong and i think we can now look back on covid policy and say that's exactly what happened we misidentified the victims right we said oh no these poor teachers these poor adults they're at risk so we have to shut down the schools and we got that wrong and now we see that children's education is going to be set back. In some vulnerable populations, they'll probably never get back the years that were lost due to remote video school or the, the schools being shut down completely. You look at the question of the transgender issue. Um, I mean, just look at the videos of the detransitioners. It is horrific. It's horrific the ways that they have suffered and they will never get it back. 
So we have to be careful not to be sucked in to these narratives that say, oh, it's no big deal. The kids will be fine. No, we need to be clear eyed about what the threats are. And then we need to stand firm on behalf of children and fight for them because children cannot blog and they don't lobby and they can't write amicus briefs. They can't call their senators. And it's our job to do that. So I think that a just society is going to insist that the strong, that is adults, sacrifice for the weak, that is children. So all of us need to start taking on the mantle of, I am the protector of the child. Unfortunately, there are too few politicians that are willing to, willing to risk their reputation or their friends or their swanky cocktail parties. I don't know what it is, but there's too few adults, even adults in power, who are willing to protect children. And it falls to ordinary adults like your listeners, like me, like you, um, the way, the best way to do that is to become an expert, become an expert on pro-life talking points and arguments and embryology, become an expert on all of these issues related to marriage and family and understand exactly why these are matters of justice for children. Become an expert on what these cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers do to a child's system for life. I mean, become an expert on how sex ed curriculum and pornography damages child development so that when it comes to your school board meeting or when it comes to a conversation you're having with a friend at the park or when it comes to writing letters to your senator, you can take an unflinching stance on behalf of child defense. So Katie, share with the listeners, I know your website has just, is a tremendous resource. Um, so on your website, thembeforeus.org, is that correct? Thembeforeus.com, yeah. You've got research materials. What, what can someone find at your website that helps them uh, become as as you've characterized yourself to a truth teller to being a truth teller right well what our website then before us specifically focuses on marriage and family issues which truthfully is the part of the children's defense equation that gets the least amount of attention like thank god there are incredible hundreds of wonderful pro-life organizations defending children's right to life there's now quite a few voices that are standing up to fight back against childhood transition and mutilation. Um, I think that parents all across the country have been awakened to the damaging aspects of the pornographic materials that are, their children are viewing in the name of sexual education. The area of marriage and family is one that um, has not gotten the attention that it deserves, or people have thought, well, this, this question is over, the Supreme Court settled it. It's not settled, it will never be settled because children never change. They will always need their own mother and father. It will always be those two adults that maximize their development and well-being. Um, it is always going to be a matter of justice for children because the two people to whom they have a natural right are also the ones that are the least likely to subject them to abuse. These are always going to be is critical issues for anybody who considers themselves a Christian or a conservative or simply a responsible adult is going to need to take a look at. So our website is where you find the questions of marriage and family. Everything that you hear, every, every item that comes through your newsfeed that has to do with a couple using surrogacy or a celebrity getting divorced or the New York Times promoting open non-monogamy or whatever it is that's going on, anything related to marriage and family is really a matter of justice for children. So that's what we do on our website is we, tr we teach you to reframe and, re and look at marriage and family questions through the lens of the rights and well-being of children. Um, so that's what you're going to find at them before us. And your Twitter handle is, share that. Ad, yeah, advo underscore Katie 
Um, so like advocate, kind of advocating. And then um, before we end, um, you have a book coming out in September that I think parents should probably get a copy of as well as getting a copy of Them Before Us. What's your new book going to be? Yeah, so the first book is Them Before Us, Why We Need a Global Children's Rights Movement. And that is as dense and concise as we can make all of these marriage and family topics with the very best research and hundreds of stories of kids who grew up in modern families. The second book um, is just is just what has allowed us to raise kids in Seattle with an unflinching, uncompromising faith. And it's called Raising Conservative Kids in a Woke City, Teaching Historical, Economic, and Biological Truth in a World of Lies. So basically, how do you inculcate your values in your children when literally everything is against you, the schools and your neighbors and social media and a lot of times their own friends? Sometimes your extended family, um, sometimes your church, depending on what church you're going to and whether or not they're holding fast. So it's that's a book just about how, like, if you train your children, they do not have to be transformed by culture. They can transform the culture. So um, that's a, it's really just a parenting book set in, you know, 2023 um, America. And you don't have to be, have your kids in a public school or in a woke city. Like, I think every parent that I know in America, whether they're in a red state or they're homeschooling, knows that this, this mind virus is coming for their children. And they understand that it will, it's dangerous and are desperate to find tactics to um, keep their children strong. So that's what the book um, in September is going to be going to describe. Well, Katie, thank you so much for taking time today with Engage Arizona. I trust our listeners will check out your resources. And um, as one who's been in the conservative pro-family movement for a long time, um, I'm really grateful for the work you're doing um, in, in how you're linking these issues together, because I think uh, you're, you're giving us the information we need. And as I said in the beginning, waking up people to what's really going on with children and what we need to be advocating for children. So thank you for the tremendous work you're doing. Um, we're, we're grateful for you and we pray for you. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. Thanks for listening to Engage Arizona. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast platform. Don't forget to share with family and friends. And if you would like to learn more, please visit our website at azpolicy.org.